0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yeah, today's going to be a loaded show. Uh, More on the Obama new, which he did. He's only the most corrupt president in U.S. history. And I encourage you to join me if you're on Twitter and Parler every single morning tweeting how corrupt Barack Obama is. Look at my Parler account, Twitter account. You'll see me doing that. The Twitter tech tyrants are back at it again, along with Facebook. Got something on that. And and one of my favorite stories of the day, some good news about the economy and why the Democrats are panicking. And one more final tease, because I'm going to get to all this today. The Russia hack. Remember the hack? Air quotes hack? Mm -hmm. I got more on that from our good friend Stephen McIntyre on Twitter. We sure that was a Russia hack lot going on today. By the way, animals are lining up two by two down here in Florida. It rained like 75 inches. I have a pond. You should put that picture up, Paula. Sometime. I have a pond next door to my house about four feet deep. I've never seen this much rain in my life. I'm waiting for the ark to come rolling down the street. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Hey, man. What do you know uh? I'm doing good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I may meet him. I may. It's really that bad. It is rain for, I mean, it was so bad yesterday. Your gutters were, I don't care if you had gutters seven feet wide. They were useless yesterday. If you're a South Floridian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. Today's show brought to you by a friends, right. Joe's favorite, Rock Auto. Listen, chain stores, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers like Joe. Joe fixes his own car. Where does Joe go? Not kidding. He goes to rockauto.com. That's Their right. Their prices are the same for everyone, and they're reliably low. Joe loves them. When I brought him on, Joe was like, that's my favorite site. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everyone. does not require membership, no fancy account logins. Rockauto.com is a family business. I spoke to the owner myself before we took them on. Great great crew over there. Serving auto parts customers for 20 years, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver like Armacost, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate, It's unique too. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the pros and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for auto parts. Now's the time to save money. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Bongino in that. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock even Paula's dancing. Rock Auto. Paula's got a but she didn't believe me. She can. I cannot. Rockauto.com, rockauto.com. Check it out today. All right, Joe. Let's go. Alrighty then. All right, so jumping right into this as we're all drying out down here in South Florida from this. I want to start with some good news today. Today is going to be one of the more loaded shows we've done in a long time because there's just so much going on. It's like drinking from a fire hose, which I did yesterday if you walked outside. But there is some good news going on with the economy finally. And listen, I say that. Let me give you the bad news first. We get a lot of emails into the show, and we appreciate them. And Paula was deeply touched this morning by an uh, an email we got from uh, a female emailer, correct? Uh, about her story, about a daycare center and going under. And it's really devastating. We read them. We appreciate them. um, We appreciate them because we never want to be those out-of-touch, elitist, Amtrak core-to-media bubble types. Joe, me, and Paula have all worked for a living our whole lives. I was a cop and an agent. Joe's been an audio producer. Radio, he's been a musician. Like, real jobs, normal people do. And, you know, Paula was a web designer. We like to hear your stories because we like to know what's going on in the real world. And the story, the stories we're getting on email about businesses being destroyed—I, I'm not kidding—are devastating. Paula, for like 20 minutes this morning, was talking to me about this email from this woman and how she, she's like, "What can we do? What can we do? We're trying, we're trying our best to help as many people as possible. We're just limited in our. It's only two of us, me and Paula." Having said that, though, there is some good news, potentially some very good news, if you can hang in there. And I know that's asking a lot. Let me go right away to this Wall Street Journal article I read this morning. I was like, gosh, thank God. And I'm not using the Lord's name in vain. I mean that. Big G God. Thank you, Lord. Finally, Wall Street Journal. Harry Ettore, Josh Mitchell. For economy, worst of the coronavirus shutdowns may be over. Recovering air travel, hotel bookings, and mortgage applications are among the early signs the U.S. economy is slowly creeping back to life. Now, I'm going to put up a few screenshots from this piece. It's really good. It's a little mechanical, but it's good. And then I'm going to get to why the Democrats are freaking out over this in a political piece. I'm not messing with you. What are they freaking out about? The economy's coming back. Hold tight on that. Stand easy as they used to stay on the mustard deck in a police car. Stand easy. First screenshot from the Wall Street Journal piece. Good news. This is good news. Spending on hotels, restaurants, airlines, other industries hurt by social distancing remains low, but appears to be picking up. The number of travelers passing through TSA security screenings fell to 87,000 on April 14th. This is astonishing. 96% below the same day a year earlier. I mean, you want to talk about a drop-off. That's from here to like zero. But by May 24th, just a month, uh, just a month later, just a few days ago, the figure had more than tripled to 267,000, although that is still down 87% from the same day a year earlier. Meanwhile, data from online restaurant booking company OpenTable shows diners are beginning to return in several states. This is great news. I don't expect it to be a Band-Aid on an open gushing wound right now, and I don't want anyone who's suffering to think I'm in any way downplaying the horror you're going through right now. I am not. We read your emails. They are devastating. I'm telling you, Apollo couldn't even focus on the show after reading that email this morning. Not a joke. But exposing you every day to a constant litany of bad information when there are some green shoots out there is doing nothing for anyone's psychological help. I'm simply telling you, if we can hang in there, that in a couple of months, we may be on the other side of this. Please, whatever you can do. This poor woman this morning that we read the email had to a, had a, uh, sell off her daughter's college fund. So this is awful but there may be some green shoots around, around the corner. Again, still being down 87% last year, air travel is not a great thing, but it was down 96% just a few weeks ago. I was out this weekend. I went out to another place. I went to two places. I went to Kyle G's over in Hutchinson Island. I went to uh, Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza here in Stewart, too. Both were relatively, given the circumstances, doing well, crowded not saying they're making money but at least they're staying afloat good job second piece of good news and then we'll get to the political article which has the democrats running for the hills right now the shipping industry Ill- illustrates the trend listen if you're not shipping anything there's no economy nothing's moving the numbers remain low by historical standards but suggest the carriers have turned the corner good truckstop.com which measures demand in trucking says its weekly index has improved for four straight weeks that so the available loads are up 27% in the week ending May 18th. That Solutions LLC, which matches freight to available trucks, says its index for available loads rose 22% the week ending May 10th. Old Dominion Freight, most of you know that company, one of the largest truckers in the U.S., said its volumes fell sharply at the start of April, but their CEO said in an earnings call that demand has remained fairly steady since then. Go Finally, common sense is taking over. This is a deadly virus. It is very deadly for people in a certain age group, people with comorbidities. For people below that, the statistics speak for themselves. It is not a very deadly disease. It is a dangerous disease. Now we are starting to risk calculate and say impoverishing people and bankrupting hospitals and starving them to death and potentially killing some people. Suicide call hotlines are through the roof is probably not the solution to a virus that is deadly for a limited subset of our population, which we can take care of. Now, you would think after hearing that, gosh, this is good to hear. I don't know about you, but I read this first thing in the morning. I get up in the morning. You can usually see by the time I send that Obama tweet in the morning, morning around what time I get up, depends on how late the night before we're working. But I read this and I smiled a little bit thinking we could finally be turning the corner on this. So why would the Democrats be panicking? Well, the Democrats would be panicking because some, not all, I'm not stigmatizing or stereotyping an entire group of people like they do to us. But some of the Democrats, a limited subset of liberal lunatics who don't care about this country at all, every side America's on, they're on the other side of that. If there's a right side, they're on the wrong side of it. They're on the wrong side of right every single time. This group of Democrats, maybe maybe 20, 30, 40% of them total lunatics, they hate this data. Now, why would they hate the economy growing again, albeit slowly, but recovering and turning a corner? Why would they hate that? That seems to be universally good news. Because it's universally good news that affects us, but may also, as a positive externality, may also reflect well politically on President Trump. We can't have that. We can't have that, folks. That's a big no-no. A positive political development potentially for President Trump, even if it means saving people's businesses. We got to bankrupt their asses. That's the end of that. If it's going to result in anything positive for President Trump, no dice. These are sick, disturbed people. Again, I'm not talking about all of them, but you know the ones I am talking about. They were loving every minute of the shutdown, blaming it on President Trump as if he created this virus in the Wuhan lab. You don't believe me? Dan, come on. That's a bridge too far, buddy. The Democrats, some of them are on the other side of an economic recovery saying, that's no good, we don't want that. Just check out the people at Bull otherwise known as politico if i'm putting a politico link it's in the show notes today too read it you know it's if even the democrats and their media cronies in politico a far left rag are now acknowledging the democrats are freaking out you know the story is in fact true politico the general election scenario that democrats are dreading we're about to see the best economic data we've seen in the history of this country, says a top former economic advisor to Obama. Jason Furman, who writes op-eds in the Wall Street Journal sometimes. Go read this piece. I don't give Politico clicks, rarely, but this is worth your time. Go to bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter are the show notes. Click on this piece. We'll email them to you every day and read it. The Democrats are panicking. I've got a few gems from this one. You would think this would be universally positive good news. Yeah. Great. The economy's recovering. Run on your own thing. I mean, if I were a Democrat, I'm not giving you advice or anything. I'm just run on the, the economy's recovering. This is great. We have a plan. We think we can massage that recovery, make it bigger and better. That's your message is, is what the, the economy's recovering and that really sucks. Screw you. That's your <laughs> that's I don't know, Joe. That's some campaign slogan. Yeah. Biden, the economy sucks. Screw you. Nah, don't Screw work. your business. Kids for... <laughs> no, 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 not a good, not no. a good campaign slogan. I used to drive out on 50 onto the eastern shore when I was running for Senate. A lot of campaign signs out there as people pecking. You imagine Biden says, screw you, economy. No good for 2020. <laughs> I can see not sure you're gonna get a lot of votes oh on my that one. gosh. Yeah, no, I'm not Now, let's go to the political piece in case you think I'm messing with that. The Democrats are panicked about this. Jason Furman's case. Remember, Furman was an Obama economic advisor. His case that the economy is poised to explode, folks, in a good way, not a bad way, begins with the premise that the 2020 pandemic triggered an economic collapse, which is different than the Great Depression or the Great Recession, which both had very slow grinding recoveries. Instead, Furman, again, Obama economic advisor, this is important. Furman believes the way to think about the current economic drop off, at least in its first two phases, is more like what happens to a thriving economy during and after a natural disaster. Interesting take here. A quick and steep decline in economic activity, followed by a quick and steep rebound. Folks, I I don't, even though this is Obama's guy, I'm not. All, I'm not sure it's going to be a V, and I'm very, very sure there's going to be a dramatic rebound. If it's going to be a V, where we may, it may be more like a reverse checkmark, and then we we grind a little bit before we get back. Do you get what I'm saying? Furman's Obama's economic. He thinks he's going to be a, a potentially a V down, right back up again eventually. I hope he's right. I hope he's right. Unfortunately, the damage being done by blue state governors, absolutely insistent, like Gretchen Whitless in in, uh, Michigan, Uh, the other ones, even Hogan in Maryland. He's a Republican, but that's a name only. Uh, Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo, de Blasio in New York City, the mayor there. They're committed to bankrupting you. That's what worries me, a little. but that's why I think it's a reverse check and may not be a V. But either way, we're going to have a heavy rebound and we are going to have significant growth. That's a good thing. The Democrats are panicking. They are totally, completely freaked out. Let's go to screenshot number two from this. The former Obama White House official, another person they were talking to, said, quote, even today when we are, this is a great point, when we're at over 20 million unemployed, Trump still gets high marks on the economy. So I can't imagine what it looks like when things go in the other direction. I don't think this is a challenge for the Biden campaign. This is the challenge for the Biden campaign. If they can't figure this out, they should all just go home. That is it's from an Obama guy. It's not me. This is an Obama person, and a left wing rag, Politico, saying, listen, people trust Trump with the economy. Even now, with 20 million unemployed because of the coronavirus, they know it's not Trump's fault. The economy was motoring before. That point is prescient, it's brilliant from a Democrat. If you trust Trump now, the worst economic conditions in years due to this. Because you know what he did before and he'll build it again. If you trust him now, what's going to happen when the economy grows at 15, 20% when it rebounds from this hole we're in? It's going to be over for the Biden team. What's their argument going to be? Again, Joe Biden, 2020, you suck. So does your job. That's your campaign. I mean, what are you going to run on, dude? Folks, think about this. The economy GDP is going to drop probably close to 20%. Now, just, you know, numbers don't mean, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but from an economic perspective, a healthy growth rate for the economy, GDP growth rate for our economy, an advanced economy is 3%. Great 4%, fantastic 5%. 6% we haven't seen, 6% growth since Ronald Reagan. What was it, 19, was it 84, 85? He hit about 6%. We haven't seen that in literally decades, 6%, which is magnificent. At 7%, you double your economy in 10 years. Can you imagine if right before the election, the economy comes in with a growth, no- growth number of 21 or 22%, three times higher than the largest growth number we've seen in the last 40 years? I'm not in any way making light of the struggle anyone's going. Believe me, we read your emails. I'm simply suggesting to you that if these Democrat governors can get out of the way, we may look at growth numbers we have never seen in American history. I had a little disagreement with Paul this morning about this, though. Paul is like, well, people are still suffering and they may, you know, they still blame it on Trump, and there's not really a message. I totally, completely disagree. Remember Obama when he ran historic deficits? Biggest deficits we'd seen in American history, ironically, up till now, we're still running big deficits, even under the Trump administration, which is not good. But Obama ran the largest deficits in American history. He had cut those deficits in half, but they were still, Obama's smallest deficit he ever ran was larger than the biggest deficit under Bush years. Remember that? And Obama's campaign team was out there messaging like, We're these debt and deficit cutters. We cut the deficit. Their smallest deficit, federal deficit, was larger than the largest deficit under Bush. And it worked. People would argue with me on Twitter, liberals saying, no, no, Obama's a big deficit cutter. I would scratch my head in disbelief. President Trump is going to be able to use that same tactic that we are now coming back. These are the largest growth numbers in U.S. history. And you on the other side of it as a Democrat going, no, 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 these are huge growth numbers, but we were really in the pits and everything was really sucky. That's not a winning message, folks. I'm really sorry. Really sorry. People want optimism. They want to know their lives and their prosperity and their jobs and their economic security, their food supply, their hospitals, their local businesses are coming back. They don't want to hear your BS all right got more loaded Children. all right let me get to my second sponsor our friends at Vault I'd be lost without them you know I have a gray patch I've, everything is in reverse you have to turn version I have a little gray patch here the other yeah and when I when I show up on TV it looks like I'm missing my hair. So I use this Vault stuff. It's terrific. I love this stuff. They were I was a customer of this before they were a sponsor. True story. Let's face it. The options for coloring your facial hair have been limited at best and embarrassing at worst. Messy dyes, annoying developing times. Who needs that? Shoe polish results. Bad news. You deserve better. Now you have it. Vault. Vault's instant beard color. I use it on the facial hair here, but I use it up there too. There, I see everything's got to go the other way. But it's confusing. Them. Vault instant beard color is the next evolution in the dye-free beard color category. Designed for the modern man who values his time. Loves simplicity and demands the best performance. I would just want it noted that producer Drew on the video side picked up some Vault too to color his hair. I don't know if he wanted me telling you that, but I'm going to tell him anyway. Take it out like that. Boom, boom, boom. Good to go. All that gray goes away. Now we're on the computer for work. We need to look our best. This was designed for actors in the film and TV industry to cover grays, change your beard color, and provide a fuller look for thin and patchy beards. It's a dye-free, fast-drying liquid color, provides up to 48 hours of water, and transfer-proof matte finish. What does Vault do? It adds color to beards, mustaches, eyebrows, and sideburns. No dyes, no commitment. Leave it off when it's not desired and apply it only when and where you want it, which is perfect for me. Achieve different looks. Salt and pepper, full coverage, or highlights. Even, uh, uh, evens out color on blotchy beards. It adds volume to thin beards. Can apply it on skin under hair to create the appearance of a fuller beard. It provides a light hold to your hair to keep it always looking great. Vault Instant Beard Color does not contain any dyes or harsh chemicals. Offers a hypoallergenic beard color, which is a perfect alternative for men's, uh, men allergic to dyes. They're manufactured in the USA. Vault Lab, you got to shake it up a little bit. You hear that? There you go. Vault Lab is in Costa Mesa, California. They offer hand sanitizer to Vault Guard, which takes hand sanitizers to the next level. Vault Guard's exclusive spray formula. We have some in the closet. Whoosh, whoosh. Designed for daily use. Will sanitize your hands without drying or cracking your skin. Vault's now offering 20% off of my listeners on all products site-wide. Pick up their hand sanitizer. Pick up their hair dye here, which is great for your beard and your hair. Enter code DAN at checkout. That's Vault Grooming. Dot .com voltgrooming.com V-O-L-T, voltgrooming.com use code DAN at checkout for 20% off voltgrooming.com check it out today all right So now that we covered that, some good news, got everybody in the mood again, hopefully, off the economic doldrums we have to worry about every day. Let's get to this story, because this is just, again, hat tip, huge hat tip. I retweeted his thread this morning, Stephen McIntyre, at Climate Audit is his handle on Twitter, for a great thread on the Russia hack. The Russia, the Russia hack of the DNC is becoming the new um, collusion hoax. What? What, are you a conspiracy theorist? I could see the media now. No, I'm asking you, are you a conspiracy theorist? Because you've told us, have we not, Joe, have they not told us these serious media people we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be listening to? Remember the ones that promoted the Russia hoax? Did they not tell us from the start Mm -hmm. that the Russians hacked the DNC? Mm -hmm. They've told us that, right? That's the whole collusion hoax. Uh, Is it not? No. Russia, let's... Let's pretend we're media morons for a okay. moment. I know it takes you to, you got to drop okay. a, f- I, I, it's tough. I get it, but let's pretend for a few minutes and let's buy their nonsense. Okay. So the media narrative has been for the last three years that the Russians hacked the DNC, the democratic national committee. They got the information and in conjunction with the evil Trump team, they released these emails from Podesta and the DNC and elsewhere. They released them right door in the DNC and the Trump team knew and the Russians, We're working with the Trump team to collude and hack the election.
1: (gasps) Why?
0: Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you're saying to yourself, yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I've heard it so much. Of course, it's true. Well, is it? Maybe. Hmm. But maybe not. Stephen McIntyre has been all over this on Twitter. And I'm going to put some highlights from a great, which I retweeted. If you want to read the whole thread, it's long, but it's worth your time. I'm at D Bungino. You can check that out. So the Russia hack is looking like the collusion hoax here. Let's start making the case about, at a minimum, the December 29th release of information in 2016. What was that? December 29th, 2016. Obama was still in office. Oh, yeah, he was. December 29th. Gosh. Dates, states. Come on, that date sounds familiar. What else happened on December 29th of 2016? Come on, December 29th, that's the same day Mike Flynn, the incoming national security advisor, called the Russian ambassador. Remember about the Russian diplomats being expelled? Oh, yeah, same day. Crazy how all this stuff happens on the same day. Amazing. So December 29, 2016, the Obama administration releases this statement. Uh, this is the highlights are, uh, are courtesy of the Steve McIntyre's Twitter feed. The Obama administration says, finally, Department of Homeland Security and the FBI are releasing declassified technical information on Russian civilian and military intelligence cyber activity to help network defenders in the United States and abroad identify, detect, and disrupt Russia's global campaign of malicious cyber activities. Wow, Interesting. Does this, to you, sound like a the precursors of a narrative? Remember, the media and the Obama administration were there to tell you a story, not the story. So conveniently, on the same day, Mike Flynn uh, and the Russian ambassador call talk about these expulsions Obama had done of these Russian diplomats. Remember the call they accused him of lying him. Obama releases this statement suggesting that, hey, we're just releasing this technical info on the Russian hack which we're all supposed to assume happen, hack of the DNC type stuff, and we're releasing it to help the tech community out there make their own and take their own precautions. So we would assume, being that the Obama administration already said it was the Russians, that they knew the hack was the Russians, right? They, they, they had a no. I mean, it's a digital footprint, is it not? Well, let's go to the evidence and see how much these people are BSing us, which they're really very good at. So, Let's look at this tweet from Stephen McIntyre in the thread where he suggests that the malware, you know, the malware they use, the malware to attack the DNC, he says in his Twitter feed, he says, quote, nearly all technical information pertain to a single form of PHP malware, which was almost immediately shown to be publicly available on the internet. Ironically, from Ukraine, not Russia. No! <laughs> no! No! no. Really? So, the technical information. Follow me here. I'm not the most tech savvy guy. I leave that to Paula. But I'm. I, that's why I took out just the easy to understand. If you want the technical stuff about hashes and whatever Yara rules, you, know, you can read Stephen McIntyre's full thread. I'm trying to make this really simple for all of you. December 29th, the Obama administration releases a statement saying, "Here's the technical information." Showing you, this was definitely the Russians, man. They say we're, 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 we're precautions. Russia's at it again. Yet, what's really weird is the technical folks, like McIntyre and others, that looked at it said, "Well, that's publicly available malware any Joey Bag of Donuts can get, and it most of it's from Ukraine." Oh. What's a man to think? I, I, I thought it was r- Russia. I mean, special, this was fancy Russian intelligence stuff. So it was off-the-shelf stuff, largely originating from Ukraine. Weird. Because, you know, investigative journalists and media types would typically ask questions about that. But we don't have any of those left now. Not in the mainstream media. Paula, I'm not crazy, right? You're like a tech person, so... the, the. If you would it would be leave a digital footprint, you would think from Russia. Like I'm not crazy, right? She's not saying anything over there. Why? It's over-the-counter malware. Do you get what I'm talking? You get you picking this up? Over the counter malware from okay. We're getting ahead. She's clearly preoccupied with the next ad. Coming soon. Now, you see how the Obama administration may have been trying to build a narrative here? Again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting the Russians didn't have some kind of election interference in the United States. I'm simply suggesting to you that December 29th, the Obama administration's in a mad rush to set up Mike Flynn. They got to get a narrative out there quick that the Russians hacked the election to make it seem like Flynn was a part of it when he calls the Russian ambassador. Remember, they need a reason to interview him. You following? Yeah. Yeah. The problem is the technical information they put out saying, see, we told you the Russians did a really bad thing, proves nothing of the sort. It shows an over-the-counter set of malware that largely originates from Ukraine. Shh, don't tell anybody. Now, you may say, they can't be that stupid, Dan, to put out technical data knowing people are going to part. No, no, people weren't. The media had no interest in this story basically at all. The media just had an interest in filling in the blanks. Trump sucks. Colluded with the Russians. Please give us something to write about. So the Obama administration puts out technical information they don't think anybody's going to look at. Finally, people start to look at it. Now it's appearing like this whole thing may have been made up. You doubt me? Look at this article on The Hill. Again, on McIntyre's feed. Worth your time. What's the date on this? Does that say December 29th, Paula? My eyes are going. It does. December twenty. I wasn't messing with her. I need her help sometimes. Obama under pressure to prove Russian interference in election. December 29th, 2016. We got to get this Flynn guy. We got to start establishing Hillary didn't lose. The Russians helped. The Obama administration all of a sudden is under pressure to prove the dossier was had some semblance of reality. Trump's coming into office soon. We got to get this guy dirtied up fast. We got to get Flynn out. Remember, Flynn's already got the letter from the United Kingdom saying the dossier is largely garbage. Flynn knows this whole thing's a scam. The Obama administration's under pressure to do two things. Prove Trump didn't win legitimately and the Russians helped him and prove Flynn was involved. So they're in a mad crunch because the media starts asking questions, Joe. They say what? The media says, ah, We want to—let me imagine—here's what's going on in newsrooms. Let me just—can I play Joe Media guy? (laughs) Joe Media guy. Uh, Boss to the executive editor-in-chief or whatever. Listen, we really want to help Obama with this narrative here that Trump sucks and he colluded with the Russians. We need to help him. The problem is I got to print a story. I need a little something. You know, it doesn't have to be true, but a little touch of something— Hold on, let me get on the phone to you. Obama team, do you have anything? Yes, we're going to send you this technical data. It's really sophisticated. It doesn't actually say the Russians hacked the DNC, but to the really stupid deplorable unwashed out there, they won't read any of it. It's funny, we're the ones who caught them later. You know, the great unwashed deplorables. They won't be smart enough to read it. Just throw out that we have technical information that the Russians did it. They scooped it up like Alpo. That dog food scene in the Holly once upon a time in Hollywood, (laughs) gross. I'll I'll get to that. That's not story. From the Hill article, by the way, showing you the pressure Obama's to produce anything, no matter how soft information that Trump, the Russians, and Flynn were all involved in this scandal. From the Hill article, December 29th, same day, by the way, same day as the Flynn call and this Obama release. It says, I think the link between what the public gets to see and whatever retaliatory action Obama takes is going to be very, very tight, the Obama official said. Showing information is a necessary precondition for most of the public types of retaliation that have been contemplated. Oh, now it all comes together. Now it all comes together. So Flynn, who knows the collusion hoax, is a hoax, General Flynn who's Trump's incoming national security advisor and an intelligence pro himself, has already been notified by the United Kingdom that the Steele dossier is probably a hoax. He's probably figuring out that everything they use to try to uh, to tie Trump to Russia is a total hoax. He's about to uncover it when he swears in in just a month, less than a month. Everybody panics, the Spygate plotters. They have to back up their Russia hoax they've been using with the dossier, but they don't have anything. So they get some tech people to fabricate some theory here that this December 29th thing on this technical data, this was definitely the Russians. Could have been, but that's not the evidence. That that evidence doesn't show that at all. They rush it out knowing a compliant media will eat up their Alpo. Alpo time, Alpo time. Ring the bell. Pavlovian responds. They start salivating like doggies. Look, technical data shows the Russians did it. It does. That's not what that says, actually. This is off-the-shelf malware, largely from Ukraine. Yeah, but the public's really stupid. We'll just print it. Even the Obama administration themselves in the Hill says, hey, you know, we booted these Russian diplomats out of the country. Conveniently, on the same day Mike Flynn was in the Dominican so we could spy on his phone calls because we knew he'd, he'd speak to the Russian ambassador after that. And even the Obama administration official himself acknowledges that in order for us to kick these Russian diplomats out so we can listen to Mike Flynn talking about that on a call and then frame him later on, in order to get Mike Flynn to call the Russians, we have to kick out the diplomats, but we need a reason. So let's just run with this technical malware thing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe the public has fallen for this again. Not you for about 40% of Biden voters who actually believe that this hack is there's conclusive proof this Russia hack happened. By the way, this is in my next book, too. All right. A lot more to cover. Today's show also brought to you by friends at Bambi. B A M. B-E-E, thank you, Bambi. Visit Bambi.com to schedule your free HR audit today. HR can be a big expense when running a business, folks. It can actually kill your business. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries are not cheap. They are $70,000 a year. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses like us here at Bongino Inc. Here's what you get. Now I'm going to beat this deal. You get a dedicated HR manager. Craft HR policy. Maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. Big savings, high quality service. No downside here. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. You will have a dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, real-time chat, whatever you want. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policy to fit your business. They help you manage your employees day-to-day all for just $99 a month. That's a steal. Month-to-month, no hidden fees. Cancel any time. Come on, you all know you didn't start your business because you want to spend all your time in HR compliance. You want to produce value and services there. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Dan, D-A-N right now. Schedule your free HR audit. Do it today. That's Bambi.com slash Dan. Spell BAM to the be dot slash Dan. Bambi.com slash Dan. Head over today. Okay, thanks Bambi for being here. This has been a lot of material so far, ladies and and gents. I'm really sorry we're kind of overloading, but this is the Tuesday show. is always a monstrosity because we got to catch up with every. Why are you saying? What are you staring at over there? What? What? Oh, I'm centered. Oh, she's a perfectionist, there, Paul. So I was just, just quick. I saw this "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," which is the dreadful Quentin Tarantino, who's just an awful human being. But I wait for it to come on because I refuse to give this guy a dollar. We have these news, uh, these movie channels, so we watched it. And I, you know, I got to tell you, Joe, um, not having uh, been alive for the 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 tragic murder of Sharon Tate and her friends oh, by the Manson yeah. crew, I didn't realize what a cultural. Really, a shift in our cult. That moment was. I mean, was that like the big story of the? That must have been the big story of the time. I can imagine. Yeah,
1: I was. I was you, small then. You remember was, that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember it. It was a huge story. It went on and on and on. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I. I you know, obviously, I'm not. I was born in 1974. It happened in 1969. But you know, Charles Manson, the psycho, uh, and his crew. Disc- I mean, in, in really grotesque. They murdered this actress Sharon Tate. Uh, For you younger folks out there, don't know the story, who was an up-and-comer in Hollywood in Mm -hmm. really horrific fashion. And Tarantino does a different spin on the story, but, um, you know, we watched it. It was long, kind of took a long time to get to the end. But I I just, being a 45-year-old, not having been alive for that, I I really started reading about it. I didn't realize what a shock to the cultural system that was for Hollywood. They couldn't believe this had happened. But- um, Interesting movie, nonetheless. I cannot stand Tarantino. Would not give this guy a dollar of my money ever under any circumstance. All right, getting back to the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Obama knew. Obama knew. We've been saying it forever. Obama. Obama knew what? Well, Obama knew a lot of things. Unfortunately, you know, everybody's oh, Obama wasn't that smart. No, Obama was very smart. That's the actual problem. Uh, If Obama was a dunce, I'd feel better about it. Like, oh, he was just too stupid to figure out what was going on. No, 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 he wasn't. Obama knew what was going on with the hit on Trump and the hit on Flynn. And matter of fact, I believe he ordered it. I think my next book, we make a good case of this. I think there's no way to run from it anymore. But John Solomon has an excellent piece in Just the News, which we have in the show notes again today. Please read it. Again, pajinocom slash newsletter. Check it out. It's worth your time. Short and sweet. John Solomon, the FBI documents that put Barack Obama... Right back in the Gate narrative. Agents fretted sharing Flynn intel with departing Obama White House because they thought it would become fodder for partisan axes to grind. Folks, listen to me. Forgive the repetitive nature of this because most of you get it, but to some of you still on the fence thinking, did Obama know? Is Dan exaggerating? He knew. When I say he knew, he knew about the spying operation on Trump team on the Trump team. He knew about the dossier. And he knew about the subsequent hit on Mike Flynn afterwards. We have all the, the White House is running this. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. Discussing later in October with the CIA, going over to the White House to speak with one voice. These are all texts between FBI agents. The White House wants to know everything. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. President of the United States. What do you think they were talking about? Building a Lego house? They were talking about, spy. of course, Spygate. Of course, the, Obama knew everything they were doing. But Solomon has an interesting takeaway from this. Fascinating. The FBI were texting each other about this PDB thing. Why is this important? I'll get to the PDB quote in a second. But remember the two conflicting narratives we had on Mike Flynn. General Flynn, it it was a hit, ladies and gentlemen. It was a surveillance hit. There's no question about it. The prior narrative, which the media Alpo eaters were sucking up, because they were told it by dopes in the Obama administration, the former Obama administration, was we weren't spying on Mike Flynn. We didn't order surveillance of him. We don't do that. We're not police state spires. We were spying on the Russians and Flynn called the Russian on December 29th. And we just happened to hear him and figured out his name later because it was unmasked. Nah, that's nah, nah, not what happened. That's absolutely not what happened. You notice how that makes Obama seem like kind of an innocent player in this? Oh, oh, shucks, man. We just happened to catch Flynn talking to a Russian. No, 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 no. You caught a Russian talking to Mike Flynn. that's the real story. The surveillance hit, in other words, go monitor his phone calls, was ordered by the Obama team. I'm telling you, this is going to be the tactical level three, level 672 nuke coming out. This is the Moab, the mother of all bombs. Obama ordered it. Solomon has some more evidence today. Texts I hadn't seen before. So these are the FBI agents, right? FBI agents who later go out and get, the cut of Mike Flynn's phone call. They're the ones that have the transcript. From Solomon's piece, he says, the same day Stroke and Page, this is January 3rd, also discussed in text messages, a drama involving one of the presidential daily briefings for Obama. This is them texting each other. Did you follow the drama of the PDB last week, Stroke asked? Yup, don't know how it ended, though, Page responded. They don't include any of it, and Bill step didn't want to dissent, Descent Stroke added. Wow, Bill should make sure Andy McCabe knows about that since he was consulted numerous times about whether include whether to include the reporting page suggested. Let me translate you uh, for that. Let me translate for you that. You know what, before we do it, go to McCabe's book because it'll make more sense. This is Andy McCabe, Deputy Director of the FBI's book. This'll make more sense. Asking, it was right in front of our face the whole time, how they got the recording of Mike Flynn, how they wiretapped Flynn. Remember the media story? Oh, no, he wasn't wired. We were listening to the Russians. No, no, you were listening to Flynn from Andy McCabe's book. He makes crystal clear, quote, the PDB staff decided to write an intelligence assessment as to why Putin made the choice he did about the expulsions. They issued a request to the intelligence community. Anyone who had information on the topic was invited to offer it for consideration. In response to that request, the FBI queried our own holdings. There it is. There it is. Now, going back to Solomon's piece, does this make sense now? The presidential daily briefing staff, that's what PDB is, libs. I know you have a tough time with that kind of stuff, acronyms, you know, first letter of the word, all that stuff. I know it's complicated. You're not really deep thinkers at all. But Obama's presidential daily briefing staff puts out this edict to the FBI and others saying, hey, if you have anything about this Russia thing involving, you know, Flynn and the expulsions, on the call, you may want to find that. They weren't interested in what the Russians were doing. They knew the Russians. They knew exactly what the Russians were doing. The Russians were biding their time until Trump got in office. They were doing nothing. That's why they didn't respond to the expulsions. They were interested in what Flynn was doing. Now, do those texts make sense? In the can you put that up again? The probably one I don't mean to go out of order here, but look at this: uh, the John Solomon piece. The, when they're talking about the reporting in the PDB staff, he says at the end uh, they didn't want to include any of it, and Bill Price step didn't want to dissent. What are they talking about? They were reporting. This is January 3rd of 2016. Days after Flynn's call to the Russians. The reporting they're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is the investigation they'd already been doing on Mike Flynn since August of the prior year, where they determined he had done nothing wrong. Now are you following me? The Obama staff, Hey, put information in Obama's brief about Flynn. Hey, we have other information, too, that Flynn may be innocent. Don't put that information in there! That's what Stroke's talking about. Hey, you know, uh, they don't want to put the reporting in there, and Bill Pristep, who's his boss, didn't, uh, didn't dissent. Do you understand how devious these guys were? Clowns. Clown show. Clown show. Scary clown show. Stephen King, it's style. They had information to give to the PDB staff showing Flynn had done nothing wrong and they withheld it. Oh my gosh. This man is a political prisoner, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I talked moving away from the mic. I know that drives some of you crazy. I read your emails. I'm trying, I'm working on it. I'm doing my best. All right, I got to get to this tech tyranny story. I got that. I got Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler, yes, hack Democrat, one of the big losers in Congress, actually admitting paper ballots and mail-in ballots are a big problem. You're like, no way. Yes way. I got that coming up through so don't go All right, our final sponsor today, Freshly. Freshly. I eat the heck out of these because I love them. I actually eat two at a time. I like them so much. Seriously, I eat like a, a camel. I store food in my hump, and Freshly is my go-to because it tastes amazing, it's delicious, and it's super easy to prepare, and I can't cook for the life of me. Thankfully, Paul again, I used to think eating better meant hours of recipe research, all these trips to the grocery store, and monotonous meal prep. No, no, it doesn't. You know what? Freshly is the answer right there. They understand food needs to be healthy, delicious, and simple. Let's be honest. If it's not easy, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it either. Who has time anymore? And if it doesn't taste good, you definitely don't want it. With Freshly, you can avoid the grocery store and enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. Put your feet up and relax. Freshly, chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Again, I was a customer. I have the evidence before they were a sponsor because their food is just really good. Imagine better for you golden oven fried chicken, creamy springtime risotto, and fall apart tender brief biscuit. It is delicious. This is just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Join almost one and a half million satisfied customers. Skip the shopping, prepping, cooking, and cleanup. is offering our listeners $40 off their first two orders at Freshly.com slash Bongino. That's Freshly F-R-E. S-H-L-Y.com slash Bongino. Go today. The food is delicious. Delicious. Fresh, healthy, tastes amazing. Paula, you love it? Buffalo chicken is her favorite. I have too many favorites to talk about today. They're really absolutely amazing. Buffalo chicken is Paula's absolute. I have to wrestle it from her sometimes. Freshly.com slash Bongino. All right. Getting back to our tech tyranny story, because I'm really infatuated with these types of stories. Why? Because Twitter, Facebook, and other forums out there They've become the new public space, ladies and gentlemen. It's very hard to get away from them. They've become the space where we're supposed to exchange ideas. Not just ideas which make you comfortable. I don't know about you, but I don't push for people to be banned from Twitter or Facebook because they support Obama and Biden, even though I think Barack Obama and Biden were the most corrupt presidential, vice presidential team in human history. I don't want them to be banned. Free speech is free, not only when it's comfortable. Liberals do not feel the same way. Why? Because of the Dan Bongino show axiomatic truth that conservatives think liberals are people with bad ideas and liberals think conservatives are bad people with ideas. Big difference. They want you gone, eradicated from Twitter and Facebook so they can talk in their echo chamber of stupid. That's all they want. Hello, 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 hello. I'm a moron, 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 moron. I support Obama. That's all they want. They don't want you anywhere. When I was a kid, I used to scream that at Forest Brook School in Smithtown when I was younger. Hello, hello, hello. I used to echo. I was fascinated by it when I was a youngster. The liberal echo chamber is the same thing. I don't know anything, 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 anything. Obama's great, great, great. That's all they want to hear. And Twitter, of course, run by liberals and Facebook, run by probably bigger liberals, will do anything in their power to shut you up, especially right before campaign. That's why you got to go over to Parler. Full disclosure, they are a sponsor. Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. They are a sponsor, but I've been there a long time. And I promise you, you're not going to get any speech suppression over there because they actually believe in free speech. I love it. Go over today. But here's a story in Breitbart about the Twitter tech tyrants at it again. Now instead of just banning you, preventing us from running ads, which they did, we're not allowed to run ads on Twitter. No one's ever explained why. It really, the reason is because we're conservatives. Shadow banning and all the other stuff that Twitter's been accused of. Now they're pulling people's verification badges. Mine'll probably disappear today after this show. You know, the blue check mark? Yeah. Twitter verification purge targets mediaite journalists who reported on Obama spying. Rudy Takala. Rudy Takala's verification badge was pulled all of a sudden right after he starts reporting on Obama spying for mediaite. Can't have that guy verified. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, if you're on Twitter, it's, it's a microblog like Facebook. I know you know what Twitter is, but a blue check mark next to your name means you're the real person. They're supposed to do it for you know, people with a public profile so that other people don't come and hack their profile. (laughs) They're pulling verification badges now. It never ends with these people, ever, ever. They really can't stand you. They want you off their platform, stat. Here's another one. In case you think I'm making this up, it's it's all a big conspiracy theory. Legal insurrection, again, up in the show notes. Great blog, yeah, we love it. Facebook creates unaccountable international board to decide which content gets centered, uh, gets censored. Here, Wait, here, the subtitle's even better. Here's a board member, Facebook's oversight board. <laughs> oh, this is very Orwellian, folks. The challenge for the board is to decide at what point your freedom of speech ends and the human rights of others take over. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here's what the new Facebook oversight board. This is... I mean, if 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 there's ever been an Orwellian the oversight, you know what they probably sit, Joe. You know, you know, like on those elevated platforms, like when you watch the Superman movies and like the Council of Elders yeah. or whatever. We are the Oversight Board. You shall genuflect before me, sir. Immediately, you shall state your case. This is the Oversight Board. This mm-hmm. is so brutally Orwellian. Their job now is to decide when free speech ends and human your human rights begin. Where are they going? The judges ruled. you know exactly where they're going? The Facebook oversight board. Here's what's going to happen. You have, mark my words, you have a right now not to be offended. So that's what's coming on the oversight board. People have a right to not be triggered, okay? And when you tweet things like Obama was the most corrupt president in U.S. history, even though that may be factually correct, that offends some people. So we're going to have to ban you off Facebook. Twitter oversight board is next, by the way. You have the right not to be offended. Market, market, that's what's coming next. You have the right not to be offended. Not you conservatives, you deplorable, smelly people. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about liberals all. Oh, you have the right not to be offended. That's the oversight. Where free speech ends and human rights begin, you don't have the right to not be offended. Right. I'm trying to think of like what ever see that horrible green lantern movie like they're sitting around with the council of green lanterns you have to come and that's what it's going to be pretty soon we're all going to be pretty soon we're all going to be hauled in front of the oversight board and like in in plastic flexi cups. remember flexi cups? and you're going to have to be for standing up there uh uh mr bongino please make your case yes i'm there i'm damn bongino I, I i just think obama's cr- wrong wrong The Council of Elders has ruled Obama was not the most corrupt president. You have offended me and millions of others. You are hereby banned to the Phantom Zone, the Facebook Phantom Zone. You remember Superman 2? You're stuck in the mirror. Remember the mirror? And then the, what? The nuclear bomb detonates in space and breaks the mirror. And and what's his name? General Zod comes flying. There you go. The phantom zone. The Facebook phantom zone. Joe, I, and Paula will be in the mirror. Remember? They're in the mirror spinning <laughs> around Zod. These younger kids are like, what the hell is he doing? You see Superman? Through? And they're like this. And they can't get out of the mirror? That'll be us. The Facebook phantom zone. We'll need a nuclear blast to break the glass so we can get out and fly to Earth. Kneel before Zod. That's what's coming, folks. Get away from these horror shows of a platform today. Unfortunately, I am still stuck there. But go to Parlor again. They're a sponsor, but you won't have any of these issues. Set up your account today. Get in. Get in now. Just a new hotspot. I'm there. Love it. All right. Two pager. Again, I'm a little excited today. I know. Sorry about you. Yeah. Some people are like ah Dan. You yelled to us." Ah, it's my thing. Sorry. Excited guy, tried to change it, doesn't work. So, this is a really terrific video. Joe, quick question, audience fact check. Which yes, you get, sir. You as the audience referee, you are responsible for this. Do you think mail-in ballots are done by paper? This is not a trick.
1: Nah. Yeah, yeah, mail-in, you mail it in you by would, paper. Right? Yeah,
0: they don't yeah. mail a. So, just to be clear, they don't mail a computer to your house and tell you to connect to the internet. I'll just uh, check. Have you, know. you ever had that happen? Paula, no. you, you've got a mail-in uh-uh. ballot, right? Okay, so Joe, I, I, Joe worries him because I think he thinks I'm messing with him. Joe is correct. <laughs> uh, mail-in ballots are usually done by mail. Right. Um, They don't mail you a laptop and say, give me a favor, punch in some credentials and then make sure you, they mail you a paper ballot. Now, President Trump has come out recently and said what? That, listen, if we're going to move to a mail, follow me here, mail-in ballots almost exclusively for this election due to the Wuhan virus, that that could be a big problem because we, be, we could be looking at a lot of voter fraud. Now, the Democrats, who of course are always on, whatever Trump says, they say the opposite. If Trump said, I love oxygen, they say, phantom zone for, I want no more oxygen. Nobody is to breathe until the, (laughs) no, whatever Trump says, they have to come out on the opposite side of it, despite the fact that most of what Trump says, they've been on that side of in the past at some point. Chuck Schumer on immigration. Well, here's Jerry Nadler. To be clear, paper ballots are mail-in ballots. They don't mail you a computer. Trump has made a cogent, solid point that we should not move to exclusively mail-in ballots or largely mail-in ballots because those paper ballots can be subjected to fraud if no one has to show up. Nadler and Democrats are like, that's crazy. That's just nuts. Where Paper ballots are great. These are terrific. Mail-in ballots, there's no fraud. Conspiracy theory. You're making that up. There's no fraud with paper ballots, especially mail-in ballots. <gasps> I found this on Twitter. Forgive me. I, I always had tip. I really forget who put this out there. But it is a guy at uh, Turning Point. I saw it on his Twitter. I'm really sorry. I forget your name. Buddy, not my fault. I'm just like, I had a lot of material today. But I found this on his Twitter feed. Here's a C-SPAN video taken years ago of Jerry Nadler talking about how paper ballots, you know, mail-in, mail-in, paper, they don't mail you computers, how that could be a real problem for fraud. No, no, this has got to be doctored. This has got to be doctored. Jerry Nadler's a Democrat. They said paper ballots are great, no fraud. I don't know. Listen to Jerry Nadler yourself.
1: It's a very tempting point. I just, as a very experienced, practical politician from New York, I feel constrained to observe that in my experience in New York, uh, Paper ballots are extremely susceptible to fraud, and at least with the old clunky voting machines that we have in New York, um, the, the de- deliberate fraud is way down compared to paper. When they when the machines break down and they vote on paper, we've had real problems. So that's a that is there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I'm simply observing that as a problem. There's got to be a way. Of getting the best of our methodologies, but in fact, uh, to, the to MIT it. studies have shown that hand-counted paper ballots are among the most reliable. It and at least, reliable, if, it, if there's a miscount, you can argue- discover it. You can't discover miscounts with these well, uh, then machines. Well, maybe optical scan with paper. I, I want a paper trail. I want paper somewhere. But pure paper with no machines, uh, I can show you. Pre- I can show you experience, which uh, would make your head spin. Uh, Listen, I'm not a
0: huge fan of machine. I like a machine backed up by paper with your signature. I I, w- I I want voter ID. I want it all. But that's Jerry Nadler himself who just said it. Pure paper? No, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm not. Joe. You heard it right. Absolutely. Just yeah, what? Li- Rewind it, folks. If you don't believe me, pure paper. That's no good. Last time I checked, again, you're not going to find a laptop in your mailbox. Just check it. But again, because it's Trump, when Trump says, hey, these pure paper mail-in ballots, probably not a good idea, a lot of fraud, Democrats are like, no, 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 we're not doing it. Trump is definitely wrong. But despite the fact they said the opposite years ago, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just asking you to hold you to your own word. Like, is that too much to ask? Or just come out and say, you know what? Old me was really dumb. This is the new me. I figured out some new information. Here's why pure paper is a good idea. Nobody's doing that. They're just pretending they're memory holding this and pretending that none of this ever happened. Oh, man. We're doing good here. We're doing good. Let me get to this story. This may have to be the last one, which is unfortunate because I have another good one too, but you may have to tune in tomorrow for that. You know, Andrew Cuomo, you know, the governor of New York, the new golden calf Democrat messiah. Yeah. They worship Cuomo, like Eyes Wide Shut, the Tom Cruise movie. Where they walk around and like this there's like an orgy of political worship and they're all dressed in masks and he's in the middle and they're like they're chanting in like old school chants and worship of their new false god Andrew Cuomo as he approaches with like, with like a, a staff and a he, no way no even better he's like carried in on the shoulders of servants that are like using palm fronds to to that's they love Andrew Cuomo to cool his to 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 cool his loins they love Cuomo. Cuomo is the greatest thing. If They think Andrew Cuomo, New York, is the scion of political leaders. He's Neo from the Matrix. He's here to save you from the Matrix. This guy has been an abomination, Cuomo from New York. Not a joke. Hat tip Rasmussen, the polling outlet. Here is a New York Department of Health order. Look whose name is in the upper left. Oh, is that? Oh, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo, governor. In case you think it was another Andrew Cuomo who just slipped his name on this New York Department of Health. Andrew M. Cuomo, governor. Here's a little, you can check this out by youtube.com, by the way, slash Bongino, if you want to look at it on the screen. Here is an order saying that no resident shall be directed to admission, or basically you can't kick people out. Of a nursing home if they are COVID-19 positive. You can see it right there in the highlights. Again, hat tip, Rasmussen. I retweeted it this morning. Wait, what? So just to be clear, Andrew Cuomo, the 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 golden calf of political leaders, we're all supposed to kneel before and worship. Told nursing homes in New York, his name is on that. That you're to accept COVID-19 patients, that you can't discriminate against them. Basically. I'm not messing with you. Giving a death sentence to people in those nursing homes, people in an age group who knew this disease was fatal. He sent this virus into nursing homes and signed the order. I want you to screenshot that and show your liberal friends who think this guy is some kind of a political demigod, we're all supposed to now genuflect before. He sent people with this virus into an environment, a nursing home, containing people the most susceptible to this disease, many of whom later died. Absolutely horrifying. And yet we're supposed to use this guy as as an example? Example of what? Failure? People died. People died. Died. This is not a joke. People died because of this man's decisions. And by the way, that was not the CDC guidelines. There it is in black and white. You want to see the actual order? You can go to my, uh, my Twitter feed. Go to Rasmussen's as well. You'll see it right there. Andrew M. Cuomo, governor of New York. Send the virus into nursing homes. Can't discriminate. Notice how he couches it in identity politics language. A decision that literally killed people. Disgusting. All right, I got another good story tomorrow. This new York Post story about the new rules with the media. I was going to get through today, but I need some time with this. Got to massage that one. It's not really a quick one, um, but it's good. New rules. We win, they lose. That's it. Someone emailed me this morning. They were like, "Yeah, hey, I saw those shirts on your uh, website that you guys sell, and they didn't understand a lot of the, because it's been so long since we sent them mother the meatloaf for the Joey Bag of Donuts stuff. So I'll have to start reincorporating some of those. It'll make a lot of sense. All right, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please go there and subscribe to our YouTube account for our video show. It's free, doesn't require any money from you at all, but it helps us move up the charts, and we really put a lot of work into it. So we'd really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.